With the power of computers behind them, scientists are solving the mysteries of undiagnosed diseases. Up next on The Scope. Examining the latest research and telling you about the latest breakthroughs. The Science and Research Show is on The Scope. I'm talking with Dr. Aaron Quinlan, Associate Director of the USTAR Center for Genetic Discovery at the University of Utah. Dr. Quinlan, you recently had some really exciting results uh, using technologies that your group developed. They may have helped solve a health mystery. This is about infants with a particular condition. What what was going on? We were studying um, infants with uh, seizure disorders, um, and the genetic basis of those seizure disorders was unsolved. So the idea is that, I mean, obviously they had seizures, um, presumably pretty severe ones, but doctors didn't know what was causing it. So there were about a dozen or so cases, and you were able to possibly find the the cause for for most of them? Yeah, for the majority. um, I guess 90% of the cases, we we have a pretty clear candidate that we feel strongly about. And in nine or 10 of those cases, it's a mutation in a a gene that is known to cause uh, this phenotype, but was not picked up via standard uh, clinical diagnostic tests. And in a handful of other cases, we think we have uh, discovered new genes that underlie this phenotype. You know, from a clinical perspective, um, there's a transition. You know, certainly we're moving very rapidly from uh, gene panel tests where we only look at a very, very small subset of the genome to interrogate genes that we know uh, cause a given disease phenotype to, I, I think, you know, in the coming years, it will be standard course of care to use exome or genome sequencing to do this diagnosis because it's so effective. And I think the clinicians that we were working with were were very excited about, you know, the accuracy and the rapidity with which um, we could make these predictions. The role of you and your group in this is that you've developed um, a computational tool called Gemini. Um, and that's that's what led to these results. What what is Gemini? So we used uh, genome sequencing of both the infant and their parents to uh, try and identify uh, genetic mutations, essentially, that uh, cause the disease uh, phenotype in question. And this, this process requires um, a broad spectrum of uh, computational methods, everything from rapidly processing, rapidly and accurately processing the the sequencing data um, to identifying genetic variants that exist in these families, and then finally to essentially get back to a needle in the haystack problem of what is the single genetic mutation that causes the, the, the phenotype and isolate that from the potentially millions of genetic variants that are benign but exist in these, in these infant genomes. So the idea is that Gemini takes all the genetic variation that's observed in the genomes or exomes of all the individuals that you're studying, and it integrates all that genetic variation in- information with um, the the extreme wealth of genome annotations and reference databases that we have. For instance, some people might be familiar with OMIM. It's a list of all the known mutations or genetic variants and genes that are associated with diseases. Right. So that to keeping up with the pace of research, right. the pace an, of knowledge. It's, right. It's an incredibly demanding problem because there's probably 50 to 60 resource, reference databases that we try to use and they're all evolving. They all have mistakes. Those mistakes are fixed. Uh-huh. You know, and you've got to propagate those, those fixes to the mistakes as quickly as possible so that, you know, what we're trying to 
do here is empower discovery for for human genetics. And so having the latest and greatest information obviously empowers empowers that process. So is there somebody who's monitoring each of those databases and saying, oh, got to update, got to update, got to update? <laughs> yeah, we, we have uh, people in the lab who monitor that, but believe me, the people... The, the research community that uses the software, they monitor as well. And so the real tricky part is that um, a lot of us have SCADs. You can give me the numbers, you know, SCADs of variations in our, in our genome. Right. And so the, the problem is, is finding the one or, or ones that, that uh, increase risk for a certain disease. That's, that's right. I mean, any, any two individuals differ by about three to four million genetic variants. Wow. Um, so, when you look at a family, um, do whole genome sequencing of an entire family, you're going to find on the order of, you know, three to 10 million genetic variants that you have to sift through. Now, many of those, uh, admittedly are very simple to ignore, especially for rare disease phenotypes. We, we typically focus on genetic variants that affect protein coding genes. Um, but even when you do that, you're on, you're talking about on the order of 18 to 20,000 genetic variants that need to be considered. And so we need to be able to do that in a quick and reproducible way. And we want to minimize false predictions. But I think even more concerning are real genetic variants that may be associated with a phenotype that you miss. So we want to essentially find everything, but don't overpredict. I imagine you spend a good part of your day in front of a computer screen. I'm wondering if, if you know, do you think about how this is this sequence of letters you have in front of you is is actually a real person. Yeah, I mean admittedly I am fairly disconnected. I'm a I'm a genetic researcher that spends, you know, 12 to 15 hours a day in front of a computer and, you know, it's I I'm not a clinician so I don't interact with patients on a day-to-day basis. However, I mean that is that is our motivation here is, you know, that was the main reason I moved my lab from the University of Virginia to the University of Utah was to to have that connection, we have a very nice interaction between researchers and clinicians here at the U, and I think it, it really bring it helps to bring home the reality of of these cases. You know, you know, we meet with the doctors who actually work with these patients, and when you understand their plight, you know, both in terms of um, the you know the diagnostic odyssey and also the impact on these families, both. In the short and long term, it makes it it makes it very real. Um, I would like to be able to provide a resource um, to try and solve rare disorders in Utah um, nationally, and and not only retrospectively for families that are sort of pursuing this this diagnostic odyssey, but also um, to have a system where this can be done in real time in collaboration with clinicians in our hospital and other hospitals, so that. When there's an infant that comes through the NICU or there's some pediatric genetic disorder that there is perplexing, we have a system in place where we can sequence the genomes and actually bring our tools to bear on solving that problem quickly and as, you know, and as accurately as possible. Interesting, informative, and all in the name of better health. This is the Scope Health Sciences Radio.